Welcome back to the Sincerely Shameless Podcast with a relentless and resilient thrive. It is your content creator and host, Sarah J. Gather some popcorn, rally the girls. Let's go have some fun. What is up, Sincerely Shameless Podcast? It is your favorite long-distance cousin, content creator, hostess of the Sincerely Shameless Podcast, Sarah J. OMG, let me just go ahead and tell you, I'm feeling spicy. I'm feeling, I'm feeling saucy. I'm feeling tongue-tied. <laughs> I am literally overlooking the beautiful city of Atlanta recording live for you. I had a podcast already planned for you yesterday, was unable to publish that baby. So now here she is. And I just hope you are operating in forgiveness for my tardiness. And I also know you're going to love this week's episode. So let's get into it. We can't even start this episode off without starting it off in good Sarah J fashion. And you know what I'm talking about. It is about that time for story time. All right. So about four weeks ago, maybe even two weeks ago, I was working my second job minding my business, feeling this desire to make a connection, wanting to be social, wanting to hang out. However, realizing that I have a limited source of people I can hang out with in the state that I'm currently living in. And so I just really remember keeping my heart open, like, man, it'd be really kind of cool to just kind of hang out. But I also am going to be really realistic that I don't know what that looks like. And so 30 minutes before my shift is over, one of the young ladies whom I, um, would literally casually hang out with um, due to me being a waitress and she was a waitress. We just worked at two different ones. So just in the industry, we'd in ca- casual hang out like 30 minutes after our shift, we'd swing over there and just, hey, how's it going? And so she ended up getting a job at the location that I currently have a second job at. So it was her second day and I was like, oh my gosh, how's it been? Are you loving it? Are you liking it? She's like, yeah, it's amazing. Just always upbeat, always peppy, always smiling. I'm just thinking like, girl, whatever it is, bottle it up, send it to my door. And so she was like, hey, Sarah, like, do you have any plans? Um, you know, after, after work, I was like, actually, you know, I don't. However, like, I'm, I'm flexible. She's like, hey, did you just want to get like a glass of wine afterwards? I was like, hey, listen, my shift's up in 30 minutes. Absolutely. So 30 minutes go by. I meet her down at a pub. The place is actually called the pub. <laughs> and um, we, we, you know, we sit down and we're just, you know, cackling on light, you know, light affairs, you know. And we're getting acquainted. And um, I'm, I ask her, I'm like, hey, like, you work three jobs. Like, I mean, I thought, you know, I was a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Like, why do you do it? And she, you know, she looked at me just wide eyed and, you know, you could see kind of like the expression leaving her face. And she was just like, you know, Sarah, I have family back home that I really look after and I've got to take care of. I was like, wow. Like I, I understand. And she's like, yeah. And I was, you know, asking, how how is that for you and she's like you know it's tough because even with three jobs i still have nothing for myself and i was like also sounds familiar so then i say like how do you feel about romantic side like are you romantically involved in anybody are you dating anybody do you like anybody did you wave to anybody i don't know um she then says you know honestly sir i don't even have time to even 
think through that. I don't even have the time to think through it, nor do I have the space to do it because I work three jobs. And I'm like, hmm, sounds familiar. Then I hit her with the double whammy because y'all know me, young Oprah. I said, hey, like, how are you feeling about it mentally and emotionally? And, um, you know, that was really the one that hit home. She's, she's literally said, Sarah, it's exhausting. I'm experiencing levels of burnout that, you know, I knew nothing about. Um, I find myself angry. I find myself upset. I find myself agitated because, you know, here I am doing all of this and I have nothing for myself. And I said, you know, sounds familiar, but you already know me. So I had to share my story with her because that's how we, we get healing. That's how we get better. So I told her, I said, hey, listen, I was in that household. I was considered the stable one. I was considered the smart one. And you guys, I literally like graduated college with like seven years. Like I needed seven years to do college, maybe even six. But I was the stable one. I was the the well-spoken one. I was the the one that's not going to give anybody any problems. And so the expectation, though it was not said, it was um, an experience, it was heavily placed on me to where I had to show up. I, I, I had to make money. I had to pay for this. I had to do that. And I remember feeling like I can't live my life until my family is good. And I'm going to work my behind off to make sure they're good. So then I can go and live my life. That moment never came. I saw friendships being taken away from me due to it because it was just a heavy burden. Um, Focusing on a relationship seemed like selfish because how dare you go try to have genuine, pure happiness when, you know, you have family members who are struggling. Um, If I felt like fine dining and whining myself was like, don't do it. And somebody might need to get bailed out of jail. You never know. And so I found myself shelled and sheltered in my mind about what I was allowed to do and what I couldn't do with my own life, with my own money, with my hard work, with my own effort, with my own joy, peace of mind. And it, it crippled me. And so I just informed her. I said, hey, listen, I don't want to tell you this because I was mad when someone else told me this, but I'm going to tell you this because that's just what I'm going to do. And then you can just do with it what you want. I told her, listen, when they ask and you say no, they will find someone else to ask. No one's going to voluntarily stop misusing you when they benefit. No one's going to say, man, she sent me her whole paycheck. Let me not take that anymore. They're going to think humanistically, okay? Shoot, she gave me her whole paycheck. What's she going to give me next? You know, and not even in a, I'm trying to just watch you live in poverty, but we train people how to treat us. So if we're that giving and that loose in boundaries, then they're going to be loose and that way with their taking. And so oftentimes we hear ourselves saying, and you would think, don't, <laughs> don't, <laughs> you wouldn't think they're not thinking. Okay. That's not even how it's set up. So I just shared it with her. I said, you know, you're going to have to say no, you're going to have to cut the umbilical cord. And and you might find out that that loving 
relationship with your brother or your sister or your cousin so beautiful might not be so beautiful when the funds aren't there. It might not be so beautiful when the dinners aren't there. It might not be so beautiful when you're captain saving the day watching all the kids on your only off day where you just literally want it to collapse. It might not be. Oftentimes, the things that we do, our works for others can show the truth of the depth of the relationship. And so sometimes you got to do no work to see where you stand. Some people really only want to rock with you based on your work, your efforts, your giving, your gifts, your calling, your talent. If you did nothing, just wonder if they're going to be there. And so I could see her wheels spinning in her head. And I could, and listen, just like I did when I first heard it, I was like, you are absolutely insane. I would never never not be there for my family financially. I would never, never seek happiness outside of their happiness before. They, they've got to be happy. It's my responsibility. It's what I do. You guys, I am delivered. I no longer do that, okay? And all I want to do is be happy. So I could see her head, her will spinning. I could see her literally thinking like, that's nearly impossible, And I told her, I said, you don't have to do it today. Take your time. But there'll come a time when you'll find yourself so miserable that that'll be the only option left on the table. And just like the old saints say, sometimes sick and tired is not enough. Oftentimes you got to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. Now, after I say that heavy wisdom, trust me, I don't desire to give that type of wisdom out because no one wants to hear that they have to make decisions intensely like that with people whom we love. Um, I remember the waitress coming out and she says, hey, can I get you guys, you know, your checks? I was like, absolutely, two tabs. And um, she reached across the table and tapped my arm. I was like, hey, don't worry about it. I've got it. And I was like, oh, wow, (laughs) cousin, swipe your card. Please go right ahead. I don't mind. I ain't going to fight you. So... The waitress brings out our check and um, she she looks at me and says, you know, Sarah, I really want to thank you for this. And I was like, oh, okay, girl. (laughs) I'm glad you don't want to fight me over what I just had to tell you about your family because I'd hate for that to be the case. And um, she's like, no, I, I appreciate it. She was like, I just, you're just so confident. And I looked at her so confused, like me confident. She's like, yeah, you're just so confident. And I'll be honest, y'all, confident is probably, it probably didn't even make the list of words I described myself as. Like, it's not going to be on my POF account, like Sarah J, confident. I wouldn't use it because I don't find myself to be confident. But um, she said, I just really appreciate this. The drinks are on me, my treat. You're just so confident. And I needed to hear that. And I need to become more confident. And um, that is what's going to lead us into this week's episode. All right, y'all. So I hope you enjoyed that story time just as much as I did. And though I do want to point out that we are not talking about the generational (laughs) curses of the expectation of the family structure, 
on the individuals and the burnout, the exhaustion, the depression that all comes with it. Another episode for another day. However, I do want to hone in on confidence. That was my big takeaway. When this young lady looked me in my face and said, oh my God, Sarah, you are so confident. I just remember thanking her like softly, like, oh, thank you. And then also feeling like I don't understand the definition of confidence. So I'm not sure if I can fully accept this compliment. And so I remember walking away thinking to myself, like, you've got to get home. You've got to get on the laptop. You've got to Google this word confidence. And so that's literally this week's episode. We're going to talk about building confidence, but we can't talk about building it without knowing what it is. And so I did some gentle research, literally www.google.com. And I typed in confidence defined simply. But then I went into another browser and I typed antonyms of confidence because sometimes you got to know what it isn't to know what it is and then vice versa. And so confidence defined is the state of feeling certain about the truth of something. Another definition is a feeling of self-assurance arising from one's appreciation of one's own abilities and qualities. Now, an antonym or antonyms for confidence are insecurity, self-distrust, and self-doubt. Now, shameless family come together. Let's breathe. I feel like those last two words, self-doubt, self-distrust, got a little triggered there. So part of me, as I sat and looked at this definition, was like, yeah, that's me. Yeah, 100%. That's me. Like, yes, own abilities, qualities, yes. But then when I looked at the antonym of it, I was like, I've experienced so much self-doubt and self-distrust. It's not even funny. You know, I remember times living in a volatile household, just physically, verbally, just an interesting place to live, okay? I remember thinking how we were handled at home was how the world handles one another. And it was an, a no-brainer when I got to college that, no, you, you can't go around spewing volatile verbal obscenities and insults to people and think they're going to let it ride. Um, I mean, you could. I'm just not sure how far you'd get. Um, you, you can't just say and do whatever and think, oh, the cops aren't going to get involved, whatever the case may be, you know, everything has consequences and some of them can be not so favorable. So I remember feeling for an upward of like 10 years old, maybe even 12, that I did not trust. I had like self-distrust in conflict, you know, to where if I saw conflict arising, I needed to flee because I didn't trust that I knew how to have an honest, open, vulnerable conversation about what just happened and how that made me feel without me literally exploding. Literally. <laughs> so I didn't trust myself in that area for years. And so just imagine how many conversations I missed out on probably for the good, for the better. Um, but then I also think about the insecurity piece. I remember feeling 
especially when I was um, in my adolescence, just so awkward in my own skin, like, oh, you, you know, you, you, you know, you, you too skinny, you're not skinny enough, you know, what are you wearing? Are you going to wear that? And um, did you do your hair? Oh, you did? Oh, did you comb it? Oh, you did? Oh, that's flowers and flowers? Does that even matter? Like, so where I felt like everything was just on blast. And obviously this adds to the shame that I experienced, the, the constant shame of being like, man, I really want to be able to talk to this person, but I'm not sure how I'm going to react. And so instead of being able to have that conversation, then I go and shame myself. Like you can't even have a conversation because you don't know how you're going to handle it. And just feeling real bad about myself on it. Um, the same with, um, you know, feeling secure, like, feeling insecure and then being shamed about feeling insecure. Like you can't even be secure within yourself. I mean, the type of the negative self-talk that we have in ourselves, especially in the area of shame. And so I looked at this antonym and I'm like, man, I felt insecurity, self-distrust and self-doubt a lot. But then I also looked at the the actual definition and the feeling of self-assurance arising from one's appreciation of one's own abilities and qualities. And so then I said, well, maybe, perhaps, I needed that to gain this because I I knew that I had the shame piece on lock. You know, I knew I had the insecurity piece on lock, the self-doubt, the self-distrust. But I also knew that if I put my mind to it and if I really went after it, then I knew I had strong abilities and I knew I was a quality person to get quality results. And so I saw that definition unfold too layered. But then I thought back to what she said, like, man, Sarah, you were so confident. And that was the moment I was like, you know what? You're right. You are right, sister. I am. And it's not for any other reason outside of recognizing my own abilities and qualities. Other than that, I'd never throw confidence on the back of my Jersey t-shirt. Okay. So when you're building confidence, there is a lot of factors that go into this. And I definitely want to say this now, open and candidly. I am not a confidence guru. I am just a woman who struggled in a lot of areas of rejection, abandonment, shame, fear, doubt, confusion, all of that. And I've literally had to put those pieces together to be the shameless person that I am and still becoming. And so I just want to share from my perspective, some things that I've done to build and reaffirm and reassure my own confidence and um, in hopes that it will help you. And I'll say this, somebody might be at a two and says, man, I really need to boost my confidence. Somebody might be at a 10 and say, man, I really need to, you know, stabilize my confidence. Someone could be at a five, you know, boosting and stabilizing confidence. And so I want to start with this. It is a journey. Be gentle. It is a journey. Be gentle with yourself. All right. So here are three things that I have done and am doing current right now, present day. One, trust yourself. Literally, you gotta trust yourself. And as I stated, 
I did not trust that I could handle tough conversations, criticisms without flipping my stuff. Okay. Remember y'all cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Okay. Don't forget it. (laughs) I, I, I didn't trust myself. I was like, no, Sarah, you're not going to make it through that conversation. Like, how are you going to respond? I was always concerned about, oh my gosh, how are, how am I going to respond? And I'm getting to the point now to trusting myself. Like when I'm in traffic, I trust that I will not throw the car in park and be like, get out let's go. I'm trusting myself that when someone is not giving me favorable service at a place that I'm spending countless dollars in the middle of a recession coming out of a pandemic, that I won't just flip my stuff. I'm trusting that I can healthily convey that what is being asked of me and required of them are not connecting and that we need to come to a resolve or I need to take my business elsewhere. However you want to use it. I am learning in friendships how to say simply, hey, I wasn't a fan of your tone. Let's go ahead and bring it to a five or we just need not do anything instead of matching someone because my household was a on-site match one type of household. Like, oh, that's how you get getting? No problem. And so just trusting myself to not go there. And so Step one, you got to trust yourself. You got to trust yourself. You got to trust that you are making the best decision with the information that you have right now, with the emotions that you have right now, and that this is going to work for your good. You got to trust yourself. Another step, trust the process. I mean, you got to trust the process because life's a journey. And, um, there's no other way around it. You got to trust that, okay, I popped off (laughs) Tuesday. I can come back better on Friday. I'm apologize. You know, I'm a, I'm a go ahead and just, I'm a, I apologize and, and trust that next year it won't look like that. God willing that you're doing your work. And one of the things that came to mind is today is not my tomorrow and tomorrow isn't my forever. And so if I don't get it today and I miss the mark tomorrow, there's still another day. And so we got to trust the process. We got to trust that if we are confident in, in our applications with jobs, that if we get 30 rejection letters and we apply to the 31st, we got to trust the process that that could be it. We don't just throw in the tile, towel and get into self-doubt and self-mistrust and just getting insecure about it. We got to trust it, trust the process. Third step, favorite step, y'all already know I talk about this often outside of shame, is acceptance. You got to accept where you are and make changes from there. So if you're building confidence, you know, when we say that, like, hey, I'm, I'm building my confidence, you got to be able to accept that you're in a building stage. Think about when houses are being put together. You got all kinds of state mandates, these county, you know, ordinances. You want to put a pool in the back. That's going to cost you some extra money. You might be able to go to the closing table. Oh, we can't make it to the closing table. Like, oh, you know, we forgot to lay the slab. Oh, we we don't have those type. You're building. You're building it. So it's going to come with everything you don't expect and some of the stuff that you do expect. But you got to accept it. And so... Acceptance is one of my favorite things, also one of my least favorite things for a multitude of reasons, but um, 
this this looks like being able to have clear-cut conversations in dating. Hey, you know, I'm building my confidence and being able to trust somebody else. So I'm not saying you you want that nice, but I am going to say I have to do a little bit more, more work on my side, you know. And um, even in friendships, hey, what you said kind of really kind of took me back a little bit. I, I'm building up my confidence. It shouldn't have been so offensive. I'm not telling you, you got to change anything. I'm saying this is something I've got to work through and on for myself to where I can get back to where I need to be. Um, even on the job, you know, hey, I applied for the promotion. You guys made me feel really good about it and I didn't get it. So, you know, feeling a little down, I got to rebuild my confidence. I know I'm a rock star, but you guys aren't seeing that. And I, I'm trusting the process, but I'm also rebuilding my confidence. And I accept that, but I'm, I'm rebuilding that. And you got to be able to have that clear-cut clear conversation with yourself. And then others who may wound you on the process, and they go wound you, okay? <laughs> They're going to wear you out, okay? And there are no exemptions in life for life in life. So know that. All right, y'all. We are about to go ahead and move to my favorite segment of the podcast. And um, here it is. All right, family and friends, we are at the final and one of possibly my favorite segments of the podcast, and that is the I Am Still Healing moment. As you've heard me say once, you'll hear me say it again. This is literally one of the um, segments of the podcast that I worked with with a close friend of mine, and um, it was so good. It was it was so impactful. I thought, why not bring it over to the Sincerely Shameless podcast? And um, it is that I'm still healing. And so basically, this is an opportunity where I myself and even you get to think about some areas of your life that you're still healing on. Perhaps you were stronger in that area and you took a couple of hits and um, you're still healing in that. And sometimes we just got to verbalize it because it takes the burden and the weight off of the, what's being placed on us. And that's the the gravity of and the weight of trying to heal through something while doing life. And so my I'm still healing for this week is um, hands down, undoubtedly, acceptance. And um, I love acceptance so much because when I get there, I'm there. But it's always that like rocky stage of um, recognition, if that's even a word, recognizing that something has shifted, whether in a relationship, a friendship, a partnership. I mean, shoot, they probably put up a new building in your neighborhood and you're like, man, I can't believe, you know, that acceptance piece where you kind of bargain with it, like they didn't even have to do all that, you know, and you're trying to accept this new dynamic. And so I'll go ahead and do a little shamelessness with you guys. Um, when we meet people and they are beautiful souls and they are amazing and you know you get to communicate with them and you make connections you give information about yourself up you learn information from them and you connect on that and then it um does a disappearing act or it just vanishes or maybe the the friendship or the relationship or the connection can't thrive you know and so you have to sever ties um that's always a rocky place and it's, you know, it's a rocky place for me. And so I am always understanding that, you know, hey, 
you know, this pizza hut ain't gonna sit on this corner all the time, or hey, you know, this friendship may come to a close. But I always kind of have a hard time in the limbo phase of accepting it. And so I'm always kind of like, oh, but once I get to acceptance, then I'm there. And so um, I'm not sure what your healing moment is this week or this month or even this year. I'm not sure what you've got going on. Of course, I'd love to know. But what is it that something that's just kind of rocking you a little bit that you're just kind of still healing in? It's very fragile. <laughs> like you might not want to step on that. I'm curious to know. And I, I hope whatever it is, I hope you are um, healing in it and doing your work. Y'all, I am so sad to wrap this podcast up, but you know I got to get out of here. You know, your time is valuable and you got work to do, but it's been my absolute pleasure sitting with you, talking with you, laughing with you, growing with you um, in the shameless community. So cheers to a beautiful week and um, same time, same place. Thank you so much for tuning into another Sincerely Shameless episode on the Sincerely Shameless podcast, where we unpack shame through vulnerability. It takes courage, resiliency, and effort. I truly hope you get the opportunity to share this episode with a friend who shares it with another friend who shares it with another friend as we all collectively come together to become the better version of ourselves. If you haven't already had the opportunity, be sure to head over to www.theshamelessbrand.me for blog updates. You can also stay in constant communication through Instagram, and that is at she is so shameless with two O's and underscore at the end. I really look forward to chatting with you next week. You are loved, and we got this.